Welcome to the Locala Podcast. This is episode 25. And I feel like once you attend an event where you see over 100 deaf people in the room, you're like, oh, where have you been all this time? Yeah. And I'm like, we're here. We just go places where we know where we're welcome. Welcome, everybody, to the Locala Podcast. This is Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala Magazine. I'm super excited today because we have J.V. Featherstone, who is the owner of Hands Up Communications, and we also have his interpreter, who is Bill Ross, the VP of Hands Up Communications, and Bill is sitting next to me here interpreting for J.V., so I'm super excited to have him and get this conversation rolling. So welcome to the podcast, JV. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Well, I'm certainly excited to have you. So I usually like to start everybody off with just asking about your business and all that, because it kind of relaxes you before we dive into your childhood and all of that good stuff. <laughs> um, so... How long have you been the owner of Hands Up? Because you recently took over, is that correct? Yes, actually, I acquired the company uh, four weeks ago. Four weeks ago? Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, January 1st. I okay. am a brand new baby owner. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, we're a multilingual interpreting company, and that's what I've acquired. Oh, fantastic. So what gave you the desire to acquire a company like this? Well, there are several reasons, actually. I would say that I have always worked with interpreters my entire life. Obviously, that's something that's important to me. It's been my experience being around interpreters, and I understood the interpreting profession very well. I have a personal connection, obviously. Um, and I thought it'd be fun to own my own interpreting agency. I do think that the experience that I've had has really helped what I liked and disliked I would bring to that table mm -hmm. and figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I've helped three other interpreter agencies actually get off the ground and get going. Really? And I thought to myself, I think it's my turn. I think yeah. I can do this. I have my own desires. I want to make my own agency. And so, and that was another one of my reasons. Um, and I've always wanted to be be have my own company, be my own businessman. My father has his company, my brothers have their own companies, and I've seen there are ups and downs, I know mm -hmm. this, but the ability to work with people, um, you know, the ideas, the brainstorming, I like all of that. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you are right, owning a business does have its many ups and downs for sure. <laughs> so, so what kind of companies do, do your father and brother own? My dad, he runs an advertising company. Well, maybe that's not the right word. Um, so companies will contact him and ask him or say, can you make a commercial for us? Okay. So um, like a, a commercial marketing company. Mm, yeah. Kind of? Yeah. Typically companies that are kind of not, not as exciting like insurance companies. Um, <laughs> and it's different because today Facebook is is there and yeah. back that my dad predates Facebook and all of that. Okay. So he would do all the filming and the directing and then give them all of the finished products that they would use for their own TV spots. Okay. So he's made several movies as well. Oh wow. Um he's written a book. So that was his area of expertise. That was his company. Okay. My brother on the other hand, brothers, one is 
a modern advertisement company, utilizing social media, Facebook, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one does more, uh, more direction, directing and production, like my father did. Okay, okay. So they kind of both branched off in their own way from your father's company. Yeah, and, and you went yeah, and way the other went, way. Yeah. <laughs> Opposite direction. Opposite, yep. <laughs> Perfect. Well, um, tell me about a little bit about where you grew up, and are you originally from the Ocala area? No, um, I'm not. Um, so I was born in Utah. Okay. I was raised uh, in Salt Lake City, right next to the mountains. Like, literally, my house is, you know, at the mouth of a canyon. So... <clears throat> I grew up with the mountains every day, playing in the mountains, running in the mountains, doing that. I was born deaf, though, so, um, and I have five brothers, so I'm the second of six boys. Wow. My mom tried six times to have a girl, and I think at some point they finally just, after number six, we're done. (laughs) We are done with this. But the interesting thing is, is that three of the boys are deaf, and three of us are here. And it's like a coin toss, honestly, because yeah. it's like, oh, this one's deaf, this one's hearing. It wasn't like alternating. Like the first one was hearing, and the next two were deaf, and then the last two could hear, and then the very last one is deaf. Okay. And so there's no history of deafness in our family, or and genetically. It just that was my next question. Yeah. And in a way, that's kind of fun because. It helped us to be more inclusive of signing and have a much greater awareness about what deafness means. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, then I moved to New York for a couple of years for a service mission that I did. And then I came back, graduated from BYU. And are you familiar with BYU? It's a small private mm. university. Okay. Um, and after I graduated with my bachelor's degree, I met my wife. I love my life and my wife. And we have two kids. Um, and we both decided to go that I should go on to get my master's degree. So I went to the University of Florida in Jacksonville. Okay. And I got the degree in interpreting pedagogy. What is that? I can teach interpreters how to become interpreters. Or I can okay. teach people how to become an interpreter. Okay. And that was my degree. And then I began working as a teacher in the beginning, and then I switched, became more focused in uh, sales, marketing, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So or software product, product, production companies, um, and then I started working with interpreter agencies, and then I'm finally here. Um, and my two kids are nine and seven. Okay, okay, fantastic. So what would you say your biggest challenge is growing up? Because if you lived in a family that had multiple deaf relatives in it that must have made it much easier at home however what was it like for you out yes and no <laughs> in the family it was tough because english is the natural language of my family okay um it's the easiest language that they use and sometimes they just talk without signing and i'm not faulting anyone in my family yeah um it's just the natural outcome when you tell a joke in english it's easy just to say the joke. Uh, for example, like at the dinner table, we'd all be talking and they would all start signing at the beginning, of course. Mm-hmm. But as the meal progressed, someone would make a comment in English and then someone would respond to that comment 
And then before you know it, spirals out of control, and it's a, an English dialogue. Okay. And we're the three deaf brothers going, what's going on? What's so funny? Why is everybody laughing? That was a frustration, um, and yeah. that's something that we experienced in my own home. Um, but in the real world, um, I think it's just access. Access to yeah. everything. I have always felt like I was behind the news or the information that was going on. For for example, um, I attended what we call a mainstream program where you learn to have to speak and listen and you really focus on watching what people say and how they say it. Um, but in seventh grade, I went to a mainstream program, a general, regular public school, just like for any other kid. Yeah. Um, I obviously had special accommodations that were met for me and my family thought, you know, I'll be okay, I'll be great. You know, I was thinking to myself, I can do this, you know, I can do this. <clears throat> and then I started getting classes, into classes, and my grades just went downhill from there. Uh. I was getting D's, C's, F's, and they were like, well, he's deaf, it's not his fault. And so they would accommodate me in ways that I shouldn't have been accommodated on, raise my grades. Yeah. And I couldn't show people that I was capable but in ninth grade, I had my first experience with the sign language interpreter. And beginning that year, I started getting A's. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And so, it, again, it was all about having access to information. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was missing. And so now when I go out into the world, as mm -hmm. you call it, um, <clears throat> when people say no to me, I will always be behind. And I don't mean like I'm not able to do it. It's about an access situation. Right. So if I don't have access... So I'm already at a disadvantage. And sometimes I go, oh, it's not worth the fight. Yeah. And work in the working world was very difficult. I worked in two different jobs where I tried to work really hard to get promoted and move up. Mm -hmm. But it's really about who you know. And not based on what you know. And communication is a part of who you know. Yeah. And I didn't have those relationships, again, because inaccessible environments. Um, so I didn't have an opportunity to grow in that way. Yeah. I didn't really get it at first. And then I began to realize that this is what all deaf people go through. Because yeah. we can't interact and converse. We face that same barrier. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, people misunderstand, too, what access it is for you because um, we see shows like, if you say, The West Wing, where they had the deaf woman on there, but she always had an interpreter wherever she went. But that's not the case, usually. No. I wish. <laughs> I wish we had the money to do that. I like if yeah. I was a millionaire, I would hire my personal chief interpreter, you know, and they would be with me all the time, but that's not the real that's world. That's not yeah, that's not the real world. So, um, how long did it take you to get your master's degree? I was done in two years. Um, yeah. But my program, when I first entered the program, they were not ready for a, a deaf person, but all the persons teaching new sign language, so we were being, ASL became the primary language of instruction. Okay, okay. So they were immediately, I mean, it was funny because my colleagues, all mm -hmm. of them um, were interpreters already. Yeah. But their primary language was still English. Yeah. Um, American Sign Language was their second language. Um, and so we did a lot of reading in English, but the instruction dialogue was in American Sign Language. And I could tell that many of them were struggling with that because it's not their primary language. Yeah. But I was like, okay, let's go. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling yeah. Welcome. And yeah. this is what I've gone through my whole life. And yes. Like, That's what I talk about. So yeah. they finally had it. 
I mean, you were only doing this for two years. I've gone 18 years. I think we're fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, when you said that they provided you some accommodations in primary school uh, or elementary school, did what was that? What were the accommodations before they actually got you inter- an interpreter? From kindergarten, actually preschool, um, to sixth grade. It was more, I, I think it, the, the, the official term is oralism, oral education, where they teach you how to lip read okay. and how to speak. Okay. But all of the teachers had experience working with deaf kids who they were learning how to talk and how to attend to sound. Mm-hmm. And so they would enunciate, talk very slowly, close, slowly and clearly. Um, and our class sizes were very small, usually no more than 10 students. Okay. So those accommodations were complete. They were, okay. uh, uh, it was complete in that, in that sense. Um, but there are still many children who, uh, that is just not their first language. English yeah. is not their first language. Um, they can't hear, but I'm being taught to focus mm-hmm. and communicate with people who can hear rather than meeting me halfway and allowing me to use some sign language to be able to communicate with people who are deaf. Yeah. I'm, I'm an American. You're an American. Why don't you learn sign language? I'll learn English, and we can meet halfway. Yes. That way that we ha- have access to the entire society, whole communities. Yeah. But instead of looking at deaf people as the broken one, I'm not right. broken. No. Um, and I think it's more about um, let's work together. Let's collaborate on this so that we can actually have a relationship. So I think my K-12 experience was learning how to make it in the world of people who could hear. Yeah. And by seventh grade, um, my language classes had, my school classes had 20 to 30 students, and they talked. And math teacher would write on the board and talk. Oh. And sometimes he would be writing on the board um, and talking and I had I can't see through his head and I would have to go home and say dad you have to help me You've yeah help me. so he would guide me through um, math but he had five other boys to take care of too so yeah. it wasn't an easy journey for all of us no so it was ugly just to be honest with you yeah I can imagine I mean well no I can't imagine because I can hear perfectly well but um, you know what? did you feel Isolated? Like, did your three brothers, did you guys get pretty close to try to have more human connection that way? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I did feel isolated. Um, but the three of us really understood each other very well. And it's kind of ironic because um, I didn't really learn American Sign Language as a language. It was more like English, uh, you know, that... Or sign language that was following English. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really an American sign language. It wasn't a language per se. Yeah. Um, so me and my brothers, we learned that kind of language. Uh, we could talk and sign at the same time. Okay. And I became really good at talking and signing at the same time. So that's what I did really well to communicate with my brothers. And okay. it was fun to have someone who was like me. Yeah. Um, sometimes we had our differences, obviously, because brothers do. Well, brothers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But we had a great life. Um, I had a great childhood. My parents tried their best to put me in a program or programs. For example, I was on uh, the luge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the sports in the Olympics? 
Okay. Yeah. Would they lay down on yes. the ice? Yes. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> my parents, they had a deaf day, and my said my parents were like, go. And I oh, started fantastic. doing really well at it, so I started doing that. So those were confidence builders for me. Absolutely. Um, so a lot of those programs that my parents really pushed us to get involved in, and so that really helped me not become um, very invisible and in the background yeah. and isolated. I began to realize that I could. You know, yeah. I'd have to work at it, but I could do anything. Yeah, absolutely. You can do anything. Um, what would you what, – what, what would you want um, people that can hear to really understand um, so that they don't treat you as different or inferior? I, I feel like don't immediately judge me. No. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that most people, once they meet me and they interact with me and talk with me, all of their assumptions – go away. Yeah. Because they realize, oh, you could talk about Star Wars with me. Oh, you're you're kind of normal, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. I can talk about sports. There are some things that I would probably like to talk about that you probably wouldn't like to talk about. <laughs> and, you know, just like every any other person in the world. Yeah. And so I don't think the thing that I would, the thing I would like to really emphasize is don't be afraid to talk to us. Don't. And, yeah. and try to let go of some of the assumptions. Like, for example, one of the things that I find rather annoying is... You know, when someone says the word deaf, like I'm deaf, people think, oh, here's a list of things that I can't do. So you can't hear the birds sing. You yeah. can't hear this. You can't hear that. And I'm like, what about all the things I can do? Yes. So sometimes, for example, job interviews, their first question is, well, how do you work on the phones? You're going to even, you're going to bypass all of the qualification questions yeah. and ask me about phone <laughs> capability. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not really interested in this job. Yeah. Because if your focus is about a part of the job rather than something that I can do, um, I think get to know me. Get yeah. to know who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Get to know community. Instead of being focused on my inability to hear, once we get along, um, you'll be able to determine whether I'm capable of something or not. Because deafness does not disqualify me. Well, perfect. That's an excellent segue because I was going to start asking about what are some of the things that you love to do. <laughs> so things that I love to do. Uh, I love outdoor stuff. I'm an outdoorsman. I during college, um, I was a whitewater rapids guide. Okay. Uh, I up in in Idaho, it's it's so much fun. I yeah. I would guide people who could hear, okay. um, and every time they be like, my guide's deaf. How will he save me if I, you know, if, if, and then after they were like, oh, he's the best guide. I want to be on his boat from now on. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, when you're in the waves, you're not hearing anything because it's so loud. The water is so loud anyway. Yeah. So it's about what I can see. And I remember one time, uh, give you a brief story. Um, I remember I made the decision not to tell everyone that I was deaf. Mm -hmm. And we were on a one-week guided draft trip. And so that we had 20 people there, and I was going to work with them for six days. <clears throat> and I would just, I made the decision not to tell them 
that I was deaf and I would just act like every other person. And I can talk fairly clear. Okay. And everybody just thought I had like a speech impediment or something or I had a funny uh, accent. Okay. Yeah. But everything went fine. And then the third or fourth day, someone actually was talking to another guide uh, because there were five of us. And they said, I don't get it with JB. I, I, didn't, I don't understand him. And they asked him, what are you talking about? He is so nice and so friendly, but every time I call his name, he doesn't look at me. He just refuses to look at me. Uh, and I'm like, I'll call him again and again and again and again. And when I actually tap him or something and he looks at me, he's all friendly and sweet again. I'm like, I don't get it. And they were completely... A, he, like he's completely oblivious to the fact that I'm calling his name. What's the deal? <laughs> oh, and they were like, oh, he's deaf. And they were like, <laughs> and all of a sudden, everything clicked. <laughs> oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> so that was a fun experience. Yeah. Um, and they were like, oh, it's just like he's just like everybody else. Yeah. But you have to make some accommodations, like yeah. tap me on the shoulder. So that was a real fun experience for me to watch people who could hear assume yeah. that I could also hear. Oh, that's that's an awesome story. I love that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So what has it been like? What do you do down here now that you've been in, in the Florida area? Because I grew up in the Midwest. It's much different down here. <laughs> what was the question again? I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, what is it that you do down here now in the Florida area? I'm just starting, so I okay. don't really even know. But I actually moved up to Iowa. Oh. Um, so I am now in the Midwest like you. Okay. And, and I camp, I come to Florida pretty often pretty often because our office has two bases, one in Iowa, one here. Okay. And I'm relatively new to Locala, Ocala, and I assume I'm going to be going to the ocean all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Probably go to the springs, of course, kayaking. I love yeah. water sports. That's one of my favorite things. And I'm still trying to figure out, oh, getting over the weird, like, uh, the alligators are in the springs and you're just kayaking along. Yeah. I obviously, I have to get over that. I don't do that. <laughs> I grew up on a... I want to swim, too. So yeah. I'm like, I grew up in Wisconsin, so I had all the freshwater lakes. I grew up on a farm, so I ran around barefoot everywhere. Like like yes, yep. yes. But I don't do any of that anymore. <laughs> I'm willing to take a risk of getting bitten by an alligator <laughs> because I love water, but yeah. I just have to be like, okay, do we understand each other? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Does your family travel back and forth with you? No. No, right now they're actually staying in Utah. Okay. Um, so I fly home quite often to see them, obviously. Okay. They miss yeah. me and I miss them, so it's good. Yeah. But my kids want to finish school there. Okay. Um, once in third grade, once in first grade, so... We'll stay, and I'll just go back and forth between the companies. So I'm doing a lot of traveling. I was going to say, you're doing it. it's fun. I'm meeting new people. Um, I'm going to new places. Um, I Getting here and getting some sun is amazing. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's Especially this time of year. I imagine the shock to your system. <laughs> going. 
in Iowa is like ne- negative 17. And I'm like, uh, I'm here. I'm like, oh, this is so much nicer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, much better. So we are on nearing the end of our time. Um, and so I usually like to ask everybody towards the end, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I did not ask you? I feel like we, people who are deaf, we're here. And and, and I think because I, I ask people, how many deaf people have you met? And they all like, oh, one, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I have a, a brother whose friend was deaf or my brother's friend's brother's son cousin was deaf. But they're like when they actually see a deaf person at the store signing or something. But it's like we're... We're. I feel like we're like oh. at the zoo, and they're looking in at the window. Yeah. And go, oh, look! There are deaf people. Um, but when you actually take the time, like go to a, a deaf night out event, which we host. Mm-hmm. We have a deaf night out event tomorrow night at Mojo on Seventeenth. If anybody wants to be there, um, and I feel like once you attend an event where you see over a hundred deaf people in the room, you're like, oh. Where have you been all this time? Yeah. And I'm like, we're here. We just go places where we know where we're welcome. Yeah. And I think when companies start to make the effort to put on their advertisements, if you want an interpreter, please let us know. Uh, If uh, even having a sign saying... It will accommodate you because we know where you are. When we know we're one welcome and we have access to information, we're going to go there. We're going to frequent those places. Yeah, companies and places that are deaf friendly. Um, we also want you to feel welcome in our community, and yeah. I think that's what makes the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. You know, deaf people knowing where your company is. Because yeah. deaf people don't just bring themselves; they bring their community. Yeah. So when you Invite us and we feel welcome. We'll be like that. We'll be there because that's how we are. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, JV, for being a part of this podcast, sharing your life, sharing all the things that everybody needs to know to understand access. So I truly appreciate your time. And you're welcome. And thank you, Bill, for interpreting for us. I do appreciate that very much. And thank you, everybody, for joining us here on the Locala podcast. Uh, Once again, I'm Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala magazine. Please remember to subscribe and like our channel to get more wonderful content like this. And we hope to see you next time here on the podcast where we focus on connections through stories. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Locala podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, like, share, and download. Your support is truly appreciated.